The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. And I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. We just came out of a long series with the book, The Eye of the Storm. We also had the privilege of having the author of the book, uh, the Reverend Dr. Gary Simmons, on the show last week. So we're going to transition this week, and I didn't post this uh, on for various reasons, uh, early so i apologize for that but for this week and the next three weeks we're going to uh, be working with the book the prospering power of prayer by Catherine ponder the prospering power of prayer by Catherine ponder uh it's an easy book to get you can order it online almost anywhere so it's like a seven to eight dollar book i believe when i bought the book years ago it was like four dollars so uh, it's a thin book easy to get through gets straight to the point about some things and it gives us something light to work with before christmas instead of really going heavy and really really deep we can look at this and say hey what can i do to start working with prayers especially if you make some you know some money decisions that will require some serious prayer on the back end of christmas i'm joking hopefully so uh what we're going to do today is really just kind of work with um her chapter on the simple forms of prayer the simple forms of prayer that can prosper you which is chapter one and i'm going to give my perspective on these things she writes from her perspective and of course i read and then i interpret from my understanding and hopefully can bring some different insights to it that can help uh, this process be what it needs to be anyway So starting off on page one, the simple forms of prayer that can prosper you, chapter one of the book, page one in my book. She writes, you are prosperous to the degree that you are experiencing peace, health and plenty in your world. And I just like to stop right there for a moment, because even though this is a prayer book, it's also a prosperity book. And that statement alone really stands out. You are prosperous to the degree that you are experiencing peace, health, and plenty in your world. Some people think, okay, I'm only prosperous if I have uh, a lot of financial income. But she's expanded the definition. 
you should be prosperity means a lot of peace, a lot of health and plenty of financial uh, stability, money, prosperity to handle needs and wants. So the based upon what you need to handle, you might not need necessarily Donald Trump, uh, Bill Gates money to handle what you need to handle. But you need to have plenty to handle what you want to handle. In other words, so you're not struggling. You're not in a situation, a circumstance of robbing Peter to pay Paul. So you are prosperous to the degree that you are experiencing peace, health, and plenty in your world. It's a bold statement. Very bold statement. She goes on to write, prayer, prayer can help you experience peace, health, and plenty because prayer is man's steady effort to know God and God is the source of all of man's good. Thus, in prayer, man makes common union with God and his infinite goodness. So when you think about the process of what she's saying, if prosperity or being prosperous means experiencing peace, health, and plenty in your world, what is the vehicle, what is the means to which we can experience more peace, health, and plenty in our world? She's saying that prayer is a method that we can use to experience peace, health, and prosperity because prayer is man's steady effort to know God. Man's steady effort, or humanity's steady effort to know God, to know spirituality, to understand something beyond what the five senses can detect. Something in us that knows that we transcend the realm of form. And then she says, God is the source of all of man or humanity's good. So one of the things that prayer can do is help us realize that God and God alone is the source of our supply. Now, jobs and investments and businesses and family and friends and whatever can be real estate, etc., can be vehicles, conduits, vessels of prosperity. But they can never be the source of your prosperity. Because God is the source of all of humanity's good. So what prayer does is it redirects our attention from the outside world of appearances to the inner world of creativity where we can connect through consciousness. Let me rephrase that, where we can consciously connect through consciousness with the source of all good. Why? Because we're never disconnected from God. And I'm very mindful of using, uh, not using duality language. All right. And it says prayer, thus in prayer, man makes common union with God and his infinite goodness. So we're making conscious contact. We're having communion, common union, coming together in mind with that which is already in potential or possibility in spirit. So in other words, when we get in alignment with prayer, we are contacting or connecting ourselves to the, the unlimited resource that we call God. Something to think about. All right. Now, the author goes on to talk about how people have always prayed. 
it doesn't make a difference what culture you come from, what era of humanity you read from. Some concept of prayer has always been around. Somebody's always looked and said, you know what? Something's bigger than you and I. Something is more to this. And we have different concepts of prayer. What New Thought seeks to do is turn the attention inward to the understanding that our point of contact with the divine, invisible energy, uh, intelligence that we call God is within our own souls. So there's an aspect within us called spirit, our true nature, which is the individualized expression of this wholeness that we call God. It's something to think about. I really want you to really let that allow that to land, that your point of contact is within. Yes, God is omnipresence, but your point of contact is within. Yes, God is omnipotence. But your point of contact is within. Yes, God is omniscience, all the wisdom and intelligence. But your point of contact is within. Until God is revealed in your soul, then you're basically wrestling with information, not revelation and realization. This is something that has to be revealed. This is something that you have to know. This is something that you have to realize in your own soul, God is the source. God is real in me. In me. Not just God is real. God is real in me. Now, before I get going too far, I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to call in and ask questions. So please make sure that you take advantage of the moment and call in to 888-558-6489. 888-558-6489. Give me a call if you have questions about prayer, uh, especially prayers about prosperity. This is the time to call. I'm not, all I'm saying is hopefully in our discussion, revelation will come forth in your soul. I'm not the person that does the revealing. I'm just the person that's ringing the bell saying, hey, we can look at life differently. We can do this differently. We can understand life differently. And we, when we understand that God lives in us as our true nature, not like a raisin is in raisin bread, but like wood is in a wood lectern. You can't remove the wood and still have a lectern. And you can't remove the God out of you and still have a you. That's what... That's what has to come across to us. So, again, make sure that you call. All right. So back to the book. The Power of Prayer to Prosper on page three. The book goes on to say, after she talked about, uh, you know, what I almost jumped over a point. Page two, she wrote, methods of prayer that have evolved, expanded, and improved now make it easy to pray and commune with God. So in other words, we had all of these rituals. We had all of these concepts, some of them very primitive, you know, like sacrifices and things of that nature that people did. All of those things were to, to invoke feeling, but none of them were necessary because this is a mental thing. 
completely mental thing. There now, I'm not discounting or devaluing anybody's practice. What I'm saying is you have to get back to the space where you understand that this is a mental thing. Even people who do outward actions, they're only working with stimulating the mind to focus or concentrate on something. So, you know, at certain levels of consciousness, you might need something that's outward. But realize there's no power in the the rabbit's foot. There's no power in you holding up a religious symbol. There's no power in the ritual. The power is in your mind. The power is in your mind. Now, if you believe in the religious symbol, then it has power for you. But it doesn't mean it has power independent of your belief system. And we need to be mindful of that. We need to be really mindful of that. So, back to the book, page three. The book states, under the power of prayer to prosper, the one who understands the true nature of God as a rich, loving father soon realizes that the person who truly prays is bound to succeed because he attunes himself to the richest, most powerful, most successful force in the universe. So, first of all, she says a lot in this paragraph. First of all, she says one who understands. Let's stop right there. Understands. Because... You know, Emmett Fox wrote, there's no such thing as undemonstrated understanding. So understanding is key. Another way you can look at understanding is realization. Is it been made real to you? So one who understands, one who realizes the true nature, nature, nature of God. Ah, so this means we have to shift. The one who understands the true nature of God. So when we start talking about the true nature of God... In New Thought, we teach that God's nature is absolute good. Only good can come from God. God's nature is absolute good. God cannot will anything for its creation that is not consistent with its nature. We say that nature, in New Thought, we say that nature is the essential character of a thing. So we're saying God's essential character is absolute good all the time. No matter what, is something that we have to ponder. So when she says, the one who understands the true nature of God is a rich, loving father soon realizes that the person who truly prays, who truly prays. In other words, maybe I think I'm praying, but I'm really begging. Maybe I think I'm praying, but I'm really focusing on the lack. Maybe I think I'm praying, but I'm functioning out of fear. So she's saying one who truly prays is bound to succeed. Why? Because he or she attunes, gets in alignment, himself to the richest, most powerful, successful force in the universe. In other words, God God can and does not fail. So when I align myself with the 
prospering power of God through prayer, I avail myself to the power to produce, to accomplish, to do that which is I have put my mind on to do. She quotes Jesus from Matthew twenty one twenty two. All things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Something to think about. So, well, just ask yourself the question. Do I really view God as a rich, loving father or a rich, loving creator or a rich, loving source? Some people get hung up on the term father. Some people say father, mother. Some people say divine mind. Some people say spirit. Some people say source. Some people say Holy Spirit. Some people say invisible energy intelligence. Some people say universal mind. Don't get caught up on the words. Do you believe? Do you believe? That God is a rich, loving father that wants you to have a healthy, happy, and prosperous life. In other words, as we say in the Universal Foundation for Better Living, we believe that it is God's will that every individual on the face of this earth should live a healthy, happy and prosperous life we believe we believe that God's will God's intention is consistent with God's nature or essential character which is absolute good this is something that we have to consistently drill down on in new thought so we have about one minute before our first break. So let me remind you that Truth Transforms, along with every other show on Unity Online Radio, is supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give. You might be listening to this show later on via podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, the iTunes you know, or Stitcher app. You might be listening to this show on Facebook. Somebody might put a link on social media or Twitter or whatever. It might be years later. You might be listening to the website. Go to the website, unity.fm. Click on the donate button and help support this online ministry. We are a part of a trend that is transforming the consciousness of the world. Don't be fooled by the appearances. Shifts are happening. So make sure you go and you help support this online ministry. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? 
Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on a Course in Miracles, with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free, every Friday at 2 p.m. Central, here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm in the midst of teaching the prospering power of prayer. And I want to remind you that you can get this book almost anywhere, Amazon.com. I'm sure they have copies of it if you're a member of Christ Universal Temple in the bookstore. Um, This book is available. So you can get this book without a shadow of a doubt. So don't play around with it. I'm going to be teaching this book for the next three weeks. We uh, winter break um, begins the week of Christmas, so I'll be able to teach this book for the next three weeks after this episode. So four weeks of the prospering power of prayer. So back to the book. The book states many people have not employed the power of prayer for prosperity and success because they have gotten the erroneous idea that it is wrong to pray for material things. You know, sometimes this is passed down. And, you know, I think it gets passed down for different reasons. I don't think all of them are devious. You know, some people are religious. People don't want you to be powerful. They don't want you to know what's going on. I think that sometimes people just don't understand spirituality and they get disappointed and they start to focus on the theology and the faith, uh, not the faith, not as a faculty to demonstrate, but faith as what do, what do we teach, what's our culture, what's our traditions, what do we stand for? So what ends up happening many times is if you do that enough, the teaching gets watered down where you have theology without power. Theology without power. And that's one reason. What do I mean by that? Where, for instance, you have a message like New Thought. And one of the things that I've been trying to do for the last couple of years, and I, when I go to conferences and speak or from the platform or other churches, I try to get across the understanding that New Thought is a message of power. And without the power in the message, it's just another liberal progressive theology. But we want New Thought to be the power that heals. New Thought started off as a spiritual healing movement. People who who couldn't be helped by medical science were going to see New Thought practitioners, and they received healings. You know, and the further you get away from the healing consciousness in New Thought, in my opinion, the further away you get away from the essence of what the teaching is. The further you get away from the ability to demonstrate your good, the further you get away from the essence of what the teaching is. Yeah, it's great that it tells you that you're whole, that you're divine. Yes, it's great that it tells you that heaven and hell are states of mind, not, you know, reward and punishment after death places. Yeah, it's great that, you know, we are condemning people and telling them they're miserable sinners and all that type of stuff. Yeah, that's great. 
But you know what's really great? When you can heal your body through the transformation of your mind. When you can prosper yourself and shift the whole uh uh, the the whole outlook and 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 totally create a new environment for your family through your understanding of prosperity principles, spirituality, transformation. Your shift, your paradigm shift, you living in a new context creates the opportunity to affect everybody that's connected to you. That's the power. So don't lose the message. You know, at times, you know. Um, you know, religion becomes the go along to get along. Well, you know what? Let me help you deal with, you know, respectfully how to deal with this challenge instead of uh, Jesus told the mountain to move. He said, speak to the mountain, tell it to move. He didn't say pray for the strength to, 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 to realize the mountains in your way. You're going to have challenges and situations and circumstances where you're going to have to demonstrate power. Or not. And or not might show up as something that you really don't want in your life. Be mindful of that. So so that's one reason. Another reason is some people think that it's righteous to be poor. You know, uh, in some religions, they take a vow of poverty. And this is because many times people feel as though, that you know, that power and money can corrupt people. Well, if you don't have good character, it doesn't make a difference if you have money or not. If you have what the world calls power, influence, or leadership or not, if your character is low, you're going to figure out ways to show up as who you are. The challenge comes into play. What I will agree with is the higher you go up, the more fallout it is when you don't work in alignment with some good ethics, good morality, etc. But don't let's not use that as an excuse. It's okay to pray for the things you need in life. That's it makes sense. You know, as she wrote in the book, however, as many of the biblical promises indicate, it is right and proper that we should pray for the things we need. We live in a rich, friendly universe that desires to fulfill our needs, and prayer is but an act of faith that helps open channels for the fulfillment of our needs. So the universe, the universe, God, source, spirit, can fulfill the prayer, but we have to have we have to have the consciousness, the mindset, first of all, to pray and to realize that we live in a friendly, abundant universe, and it is proper and right to pray for the things we need and desire. She goes on to say, which I think is great. She says, the Bible is filled with examples of prayers and requests for needful things. Abraham prayed for his son. David prayed for his household. Elijah prayed for rain. Ezekiel prayed for the people. Hannah prayed for his son. Jehoshaphat prayed for deliverance. Jeremiah prayed for freedom from famine. Nehemiah prayed for protection. Solomon prayed for wisdom. On a number of occasions, Jesus prayed definitely for specific things. Don't be afraid to be specific with your prayer. I know sometimes people don't want to be disappointed. Don't be afraid to pray for specific things. And you can always say, once you say a prayer, after you say your prayer, this God or better. But don't be afraid to be specific. 
you know, uh, Reverend Ike says you must be definite with the infinite. So if you went, if you were in Chicago and you went and got into the John Hancock building, you want to go to the 99th floor, the signature room where they have the good restaurant with the real, real good food and the, and the, and the best view that you can, can see over the skyline and of Chicago and Lake Michigan. When you get on the elevator, you have to hit, you have to press the button of the floor you want to go to. The power is there to go to any floor. But if you want to go to the floor you want to go to, you have to press the elevator, and the pressing of the elevator is the choice that activates the power. So prayer is your choice that activates the power. Do you believe it? You know, I think it's one of the one of the main reasons why we see such power at times. Um, in, in I'm trying to say this nicely. You know, we're doing a complaint-free uh, challenge in in at the church. We're doing Will Bowen's book, The Complaint-Free World. And I have my bracelet on, right, my wristband right now on. we got to go 21 days without switching the, the wristband and without complaining, gossiping, being sarcastic, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, uh, I've heard people say that sometimes they don't understand the power that is being expressed in some of these fundamental churches. Why, you know, the healings and why are these gigantic mega churches coming up out of nowhere and, and why are people believing this uh, and following people? Well, my opinion is because of the power that sometimes is demonstrated. See, principle doesn't care about religion. We're talking about your thinking and feeling, being in alignment, your belief, your faith. So if you have high faith in the demonstration of your good, you can produce it. It doesn't make a difference who you are. So... If a person believes through, for instance, Jesus or the Holy Spirit or whatever, that they can heal and that has been revealed in their soul, they're going to do it. Now, somebody might call it Jesus. Another person might call it principle. Another person might call it divine law. Somebody else calls it Allah. Somebody else calls it Yahweh. Somebody else calls it Brahman. The principle doesn't care what you call it. The real issue is, what do you believe and can you clearly see and feel that which it is that you say you desire? That's the mental equivalent. That's the mental blueprint. What do you see? Do you believe that it's possible? So when you get people coming together on a collective consciousness like healing services and revivals and mass movements, what you do is you get and you have somebody that can evoke emotion. You're creating a feeling consciousness that allows possibility to express. That's what it's really about. We need to be mindful of that. That it does make a difference. So, it's okay to pray for stuff. It's right to pray for stuff. Because you're only working with your own consciousness. Who you? Who are you convincing? God? No. You're convincing yourself. God already knows all things are possible through God. <laughs> We're the, one, the human mind has to be convinced that all things are possible through God. Back to the book. 
She goes on to say on page four, praying for things is not the only form of prayer, but is but if we first begin to pray by praying for things, as most of us do, we will learn the power of prayer, and we will then doubtless develop our prayer power further. So praying for the things is just the beginning of it, because really eventually we'll get to the space to where Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. So she talks about in the book about she calls the first type of prayer general prayer and she says basically there are four types of prayer general prayer the prayer of denial the prayer of affirmation and the prayer of meditation and silence all right she says at various times it is good to know and use these four type of prayers to meet life's various needs the first three are simple methods that can prosper you the fourth type of prayer described in the next chapter is considered by some to be a more advanced method of prayer. So, in other words, general prayer, prayer of denial, prayer of affirmation, prayer of meditation, and or silence. So, general prayer, she writes on page five, is the act of praying to God as a loving, understanding father in your own way. Ah, that's key. In your own way way you know and that you know however that makes you comfortable you do some people sit in a chair some people close their eyes some people pray on their knees that's not my thing my but my grandfather uh my maternal grandfather every morning every morning five something in the morning the moment he got out of bed before he did anything else and he was far from a religious man he got on his knees and prayed and he would say the lord's prayer so when i would stay with my grandparents um uh, as a real little boy one of the things i remember is before i could get up and do anything i had to get on my knees and say my lord's prayer and i don't pray on my knees now i because i know it's a mental thing but that was a comfort thing for him my grandmother was the same way. So, you know, you, you stand in the room, you stand in the whatever, you can be three or four years old, I can remember. No, we get up and we, and we, and it would be always the same prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, I, it, like, literally, the, you know, one of the first things in my life I had to memorize. My grandparents just didn't play, you know, and they were Mississippi grandparents, you know, in Chicago from Mississippi, and people who, who know what that means know that I, I really didn't have a choice <laughs> anyway so the book goes on it says a simple effective way to begin a general prayer is to take the lord's prayer and pr- and ponder each line of it silently or aloud and so in other words praying it and really affirming what does this lord's prayer really mean what does it really mean and if you want to get, dissect the lord's prayer Go back and find my lessons on the Sermon on the Mount. I call them Keys to the Kingdom. And uh, I think I call them Keys to the Kingdom, yeah. But anyway, if you go back a few years, I did a show and I taught the Lord's Prayer um, in chapter 6 of the Keys of the Kingdom. I did Matthew chapter 5 through 7, line by line. So, anyway, um, so the repeating the lord's prayer affirming the lord's prayer over and over again can be a, like a become a mantra it could be a meditative moment it could be something where you're emphasizing each word what is each word telling me 
and really be clear on it. And doing that process, maybe as you know, every morning when you go to get up before you do anything else, let me say the Lord's Prayer or general prayer that you like. It doesn't have to be the Lord's Prayer. This is just a general method. Uh, you use what you want. As I became older and I was trying, when I was dealing with my uh, situation when I had to get healed of uh, asthma, when I first came to Christ Universal Temple, every day before I did anything else, I did the prayer of faith that uh, uh, that Unity promotes on their little three-by-five card. I came in with a lady named Hannes Moore or something. Uh, you know, God is my help in every need. God does my every hunger feed. God walks beside me, guides my way through every moment of the day. And now I'm wise and now I'm true, patient, kind, and loving too. All things I am can do and be through Christ, the truth that is in me. God is my health. I can't be sick. God is my strength, unfailing, quick. God is my all. I know no fear since God, love, and truth are here. Pray that prayer and the prayer of protection and some other things every day. But that prayer of faith. I use, and I used to pray it all the time. I wrote it on three by five cards. I didn't just read it. I just recited it from my mind. It's ingrained in my brain uh, all the time because when I was at church and I found out from Reverend Coleman in a sermon that that was the prayer that she worked with when she was getting a healing, when that was the prayer that she saw when she first uh, got a six-month diagnosis from her doctor that, that she was going to only live six more months because she had an incurable disease when she bumped into her uh, table and the Unity magazine opened up. And it was that prayer that opened up and she saw that God is my health. I can't be sick. That was the shift in her life that made her focus on I can live. So I said, well, if it's good enough for Reverend Johnny Coleman, it's good enough for me. And I made sure I memorized that prayer and I would pray that prayer all the time. I can't tell you in a four or five month period how many times I prayed that prayer. Thousands. Thousands. Over and over again. Over and over again. Over and over again. Over and over again. Why? Like Jacob told God in Genesis, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. All right, just looked at the clock. It's time for our second break. So we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Do you ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings, is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck, author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart Center Metaphysics speaks to truth seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? 
Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit. Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Culture is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as modern popular culture transmitted via mass media and aimed particularly at younger people. But can it be meaningful? Spiritual even? The hosts of Pop Conscious think it can be and that it can be fun to explore too. Malena Don and Stacy Macris Ross will be your amateur cultural anthropologists examining pop culture and spirituality every Monday at 2 p.m. Central on Pop Conscious on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. I want to remind everybody that this show also has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Uh, it's the, you know, if you're on Facebook, like it. It's also an easy, quick way to get in contact with me, and um, you know, because you know, you can put messages on there or inbox me or whatever. The book on page six goes on to say, "Call upon the name Jesus Christ, Jehovah, and Jehovah Jireh." Now, this goes back again to belief systems, religious belief systems. If these terms mean something to you, they have power. If they don't, they don't reason why I say that is this. This is, this is a really important point because sometimes New Thought writers present their belief based upon their culture and context. You know, if I affirm Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, and I believe that that's power in that name, then that's activating uh, my faith to move because I've, I'm using my belief to activate faith because belief is the activator of faith. So if I believe that Jesus is Christ is doing it, then I'm actually using Jesus as the context through which my mind works. Now, metaphysically, Jesus Christ means the the uh, the, the the expression or the perfect expression of the Christ ideal or Christ idea. Jesus being the the, the Christ is the idea, the idea of God. Jesus being the understanding use of the idea, and Jesus Christ being the 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 perfect demonstration or a whole or complete demonstration of the idea. So metaphysically, when I read the name, I automatically go 
to the interpretation. But I realize most people don't. Therefore, if a person has to believe that their their religious leader, Lord, deity, or whatever, whether you're saying Jehovah Jireh, because the reason why I say the term Jehovah Jireh and some of these other Jesus Christ is based upon your belief because, first of all, it's none of these people's names. Jesus' name wasn't Jesus. Jesus' name in Hebrew is Yeshua in Aramaic, his language, Yeshua. And the word Christ is uh, is from the Greek word Christos, which means anointing, from the Hebrew Messiah, Aramaic, Mishihah. So if Jesus was a physical human being standing in front of you, he wouldn't even reply to Jesus Christ. The word Jehovah is is a German mistranslation of the word Yahweh because they took the word the Hebrew Y H W H because original Hebrew has no vowels and they translated it J H V H and to a a larger thing that I want to get into the word Yahweh or or some people say you know you know a lot some people say Yahweh might not be it it might be slightly of different. But we do know it's Y-H-W-H turned into J-H-V-H, which we ended up with Jehovah. So the issue is, what does Jehovah Jireh stand for? God will supply or God will provide. Get that. That's what you're really praying. You know, what does Jesus mean? Yeshua, Yeshua mean. It means the Lord saves or the Lord helps. It literally means Yahweh helps. Or Yah, or Yah helps, or Yah saves. So when you're really saying Jesus, you're saying the Lord helps, or God helps, or God saves, or God is salvation. So what's key is again that your belief system gets activated. So if saying Jesus, Jesus, because Rocco Erico explains it best in the book, um, and there was light. He says the word in my name, when Jesus said pray in my name, in my name is an idiom, it's a metaphor, it means according to my understanding, or do it like I do it. So so to follow, to pray in Jesus' name is to pray with the understanding of God, life, and the world that Jesus had, in the sense of pray to a, a universal, uh, universal God, pray to an unlimited source, pray Pray with this consciousness of oneness. In my name means to also, you know, um, can also mean to get in tune. It can mean uh, several things. Um, it's but the primary in my name means according to my understanding. That's primary. So pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Pray in the understanding that that. That the anointing Christ gives you the ability for God to help you. That anointing is on the inside. That anointing, that anointing, appointing power resides within you, and you can activate it in your life. All right. Back to the book. She says on page eight, "Thy will be done." That's another prayer. That's a prayer released to a certain extent. You get to a space where you just sooner or later you just got to keep saying, "Thy will be done." Thy will be done. Why? To get the ego out of the way. You can so want a thing to be the way you need it to show up that you can interfere with the process. Not my will. Thy will be done. She also wrote in page eight about let go, let God. 
let go and let God. So sometimes you just got to pray. I let go and I let God. I let go and I let God. I let go and I let God. And you got to say it so many times. You're in a tough situation. You feel your anger. You're getting frustrated. You're getting fearful or whatever. And just uh, just silently or softly affirm. Sometimes you got to let your ears hear. You got to go to the bathroom. You got to get away from whatever. If you can, here's the key. If you can, sometimes you're in the space where you got to say this in your head. But if you can verbally say it, I let go, I let God. Take a deep breath. I let go, I let God. I let go, I let God. Why why am I saying breathe? Because the breathe the breath is telling your body, get out of fight or flight. Get out of fight or flight. Everything's okay. Stop this adrenaline from dumping. Uh stop me from getting in, in you know fear mode or war mode. Allow my blood pressure to calm down. Allow my systems to slow down. Allow my heart to slow down. Breathe, I let go, I let God. Breathe, I let go, I let God. Breathe, I let go and let God. Breathe, I let go and let God. What are you doing? You're you're recalibrating yourself. You're rebooting yourself. And that's a definite tool that can work before you go off, go away and say, I let go and I let God and breathe and do it over and over again until you feel your energy shift. And you're not stuck in the groove of that Arab thought and feelings and beliefs that that might have instigated you into taking some actions that you will regret later. I release, let go and I let God. Anyway, back to the book. The second type of uh, uh, prayer, denial. And she says in the book on page 10 that uh, the word deny also means to reject as a false concept. And prayers of denial are for that purpose, to reject a false conception, that which is not satisfying or good in one's life experiences. All right, next paragraph. Prayers of denial are your no prayers. They help you to refuse they help you to refuse to accept things as they are, to dissolve your negative thoughts about them and thus make way for something better. So, you know, with denial 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 is sort of like the soap and water of the mind. You you're cleansing, you're releasing. Nobody will put um you know, or, well, let me rephrase that. Nobody should put perfume or cologne on top of funk. You should take a bath and shower first. Then put the perfume or cologne on. So it's the same thing. Sometimes we're trying to shift the mind without addressing the erroneous beliefs that need to be released. We did, we did a mental cleansing. So part of it is saying, what are you saying no to? Not just what you're saying yes to. What are, we, what are you saying no to? All right. All right. All right. Uh, back to the book. Then she talks about the third type of prayer, yes prayers. She says, usually prayers of denial should be followed up by prayers of the third type, prayers of affirmation or yes attitude. It is good to follow up thoughts of what you do not want with thoughts of what you do want all right um next paragraph jesus said let your speech be yeah yay or nay nay matthew five thirty seven. 
prayers of denial and affirmation are much are as much attitudes of mind as they are formal methods of prayer. We can express them silently or verbally wherever we are, either as formal prayers or informally as attitudes of mind. Charles Fillmore has written that, and this is key. Listen to this. Concentrated attention of the mind on an idea of any kind is equal to prayer and will make available the spiritual principle that is its source in proportion to the intensity and continuity of the mental effort. In other words, our attitudes are forms of prayer. So what he's saying is, can you keep your mind on that which you say you desire? Concentrated attention. Concentrated attention. So where my attention goes, my power flows. One of the things that I always try to get across to people is this. And this is something worthy of writing down, in my opinion. Expectation is a form of prayer. Expectation is a form of prayer. Never forget that. If you say you want one thing and you expect another, your expectation is your prayer. Remember that. Your expectation is your prayer. Many times people just expect things not to go right. That's really where their energy goes. That's where really where their belief system is is focused on. And therefore, they have to get the results of that process. Be mindful of that. Expectation is a form of prayer. So, what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks, because I'm wrapping up now, is for the next three weeks is we're going to cover the rest of this book. Uh, the next chapter is the, an advanced form of prayer that can prosper you, which will be on meditation and the silence. Um, we'll also talk about making the right contact through prayer, which will deal more with affirmative prayer. We'll talk about chapter four is the potent prayers of praise and thanksgiving. How do you learn how to use praise and thanksgiving to prosper in your life? The fifth chapter is prayer and preachers, prayer and pictures. So we'll talk about what people call vision boards or image books or treasure maps. We'll deal with that. She calls a will of fortunes in this book. Then finally, over the next three weeks, we'll cover the prayer increase. How do you bless you know, your, your experiences? How do you bless others, et cetera, et cetera? So you can get the book, get ready to do the work um, so we can create a groundswell of trans- transformed consciousness that can change our environment. God bless you. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday weekend, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple.
Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. In the midst of a hurricane, there is a center of stillness that remains intact despite the violent winds raging around it. This fact of Mother Nature points to a similar truth in human nature. Even as I encounter the inevitable storms of life, there remains within me a place of peace. Although I can't always control what happens around me, I can choose to stay centered in an awareness of who I am and how I respond. According to Gardner Hunting, peace is an atmosphere of the heart and has nothing to do with environment or circumstance. So when I'm caught up in a whirlwind of chaos and conflict, I turn within for better weather. Peace is always there. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. Ever notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. 